The Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Booths, the Feast of Beach Tents. What relevance does it have for us today? Over three and a half thousand years ago, that festival was, was inaugurated. We heard about it from Leviticus. And Jewish people still celebrate. But what relevance does it have for us today? A festival when you build sheds in your back garden and, and on your roof. What's it to do with us? We've got the great benefit of, G, of John's account of Jesus celebrating this festival. Jesus, a Jewish man, went up to Jerusalem to, to, to celebrate this festival. And we have the teaching that Jesus gave. And I hope that the reading that we had from John uh, is giving you some ideas already as to where we might be going with Jesus' teaching. To start off with, I'd like you to think of a time when you were really thirsty. Not just, do you know what, I need a cup of tea, but really thirsty, dangerously dehydrated, dying for a drink. Your mouth is dry. You stop sweating. You haven't needed to go to the loo for hours. Really dry. Some years ago, I was in Snowdonia with, uh, with a few others, and we were on a really long walk. We'd been walking all day. We'd run out of water. We were really thirsty. The sun, it was like a daylight today. It was really hot. And there's no water up in the mountains up there. And we were going down beside, there's a mountain called Trifan, and we're going down beside Trifan, and there was a trickle of muddy water, more like on the path than in the stream. We were so pleased to see that water. And I got out my sterilizing tablets, and we put them in, and, and we had a drink. We were so relieved. We were desperately thirsty. And I'd like you to try and hold that feeling in your mind of what it's like to be desperately thirsty. Okay. And I'd like you to think, how thirsty are you? What, what are you thirsty for? What things are you thirsty about? Because my prayerful hope for all of us this morning is that God will speak to us and encourage us and help us to recognize what our thirst is and that he will meet the, the thirst of our hearts. Jesus promised, didn't he? that he would bring streams of living water into our hearts. So that's what I'm hoping we're going to get this morning. So we're going to look a little bit at the outline, uh, the, the, the background to the festival, so we can understand what Jesus was, was going to, and then a little bit about being thirsty, and then a bit about those streams of living water coming into our hearts. We heard earlier on in the readings, and Christine was explaining about the, the start of this festival all those years ago. We heard it was a time of great rejoicing. So people remembered that the Lord brought them out of Egypt in the Exodus. That's what they were to remember in their booths. It was a time of remembering what God had done, the journey. And we heard the story, didn't we? Rob's testimony, what God has done for him. The booths were temporary, and perhaps that reminded people that their lives were temporary. Our bodies are temporary, aren't they? 
The booth also reminded people that God had chosen to dwell with them, with his chosen people. And the Gospels bring that out very strongly, don't they? That aspect of Jesus coming to dwell with us. So Matthew talks about Emmanuel. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And the beginning of John, John talks about the Word becoming flesh and making his dwelling with us. So this is the idea of God tabernacling with us. Extraordinary, intimate image. The Feast of Tabernacles is one of the three great pilgrimages when all Jewish men were expected to go to Jerusalem to worship in the temple. We read about the building of the booths, and Jewish people still do that nowadays. But after the time of Moses, temple work, the temple was built and temple worship developed. And there were two other key things to the festival of tabernacles we need to understand that happened. The first was water. Water became a really key part of the festival. So each day, uh, water was drawn from the pool of Siloam, which is the source of water for Jerusalem in those days. It was taken from the pool of Siloam in a golden vessel and taken to the temple and was poured out over the altar. It's a huge ceremony involved in that. And there's a lot about water in the Old Testament. Israel, are very, in some places, a very dry land. So water was incredibly important. If you wanted to do a neat Bible study one day, do a word search on water and rivers and springs in the Old Testament. And one of the verses linked to this water-pouring ceremony is Isaiah uh, 12. And uh, Isaiah says, Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. And then talks, says, With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And that's what the people were doing. They were drawing water from the pool of Siloam and celebrating God's salvation. So it's important to understand when we, we think about Jesus and him standing up and what he was doing at the festival, that the context of water was really important. The third element of the festival in Jesus' time was the illumination of the temple. So they would light the temple up at night. That is huge basins on great big pillars uh, full of oil. And they used the, the priest's old clothes would be twisted up and made into massive wicks. So it must have been incredible. The whole temple was lit up. It's on top of a hill. And you'd, from all around Jerusalem, you'd see this blazing light up on the hill. And that would have reminded the people of God's glory of the pillar of fire leading them through the wilderness. So when, uh, a few verses later, Jesus teaches again in the temple, and Jesus says, I am the light of the world, people are reminded. They're thinking of the temple being lit up, God's glory. Jesus is saying, I am God's glory. I am Shekinah. Just extraordinary claim. No wonder the Pharisees uh, challenged him. So that's a little bit about the background, just for us to understand the, the context in which Jesus was teaching. Let's think about being thirsty. So Jesus said 
if anyone is thirsty, but he wasn't talking about water, was he? Although there was water all around, he was referring to something else. And I was reminded of the old Rolling Stones hit, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Uh, the, the, The elders among us will remember that song. I can't get no satisfaction. I can't get no satisfaction. I try and I try and I try and I try. I can't get no satisfaction. And the song goes on to to talk about the things that they tried that gave no satisfaction. And I don't know how true to life that is, but it sounds, doesn't it, as if the Stones in 1965, at the height of their fame, were dissatisfied. They wanted more than they had. What were they thirsty for? I I looked on the internet and I found a a list of 10 things that people most want in life but can't seem to get uh, from some survey. It may be completely inaccurate, but kind of it rings true. So these were the 10 things people wanted, apparently. Happiness, money, freedom, peace, joy, balance, fulfillment, confidence, stability, and passion. Quite an interesting list. Apart from money, sounds a bit familiar, doesn't it? Few of the fruits of the Spirit in there. People want those things, but they can't get them. The Spirit's offering quite a lot of those things. Interesting. I'm not trying to suggest that we're all miserable, discontented, purposeless people. But there is something here, isn't there, about spiritual thirst. Jesus is speaking about spiritual dissatisfaction. Of when we're dry inside. Of when our souls feel desiccated, dehydrated. And then he stands up, the greatest day of the feast. There's people all around waving branches and singing and they're chanting psalms. And he stands up and he says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. What an extraordinary invitation, isn't it? Let him come to me and drink. And I guess there's kind of three responses, isn't there? You might say, that, you know, I'm not thirsty at all, mate. I'm fine. Thank you. Or I suppose you might say, well, I am thirsty, but I... I'm not going to come to you for a drink. But perhaps we might say, thank you, Jesus. I'm thirsty. I come to you. We look at what Jesus promised. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within them. And Jesus is referring to lots of scriptures, a lot in Isaiah about streams and water and pools. Isaiah 55, come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And in Isaiah, it's the Lord who's offering that invitation. And Jesus applies that to himself. Jesus is claiming clearly, I am the Messiah. I can satisfy you. Come and drink from me. Isaiah 58, verse 11, the Lord will guide you always He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. Sometimes we feel that we're in a sun-scorched land, don't we? I guess at times we all know that feeling. And Jesus promises to satisfy where other things won't. There are lots of good things that can 
that, that, that can give us satisfaction. Family, security, money, jobs, love, all kinds of things. And there's less helpful things we might get addicted to that we might try. But ultimately, all of those things are going to let us down. Ultimately, they won't satisfy. Jesus said a bit earlier in John, when he was teaching in Galilee, I am the bread of life. Who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never go thirsty. You know, I've, I've been blessed. I've had a great summer. I've been to some amazing places. Uh, I've had some great adventures. But I fell into a bit of a trap of thinking that those things would satisfy me. And preparing for this has really helped me to, to refocus on Jesus and to realize that, in fact, ultimately, he's where I need to go when I'm, where I'm thirsty to go to him and drink. I wonder if you've been, ever had the privilege of being in a desert when it's rained, or most of us have seen on television uh, images of the desert just blossoming, and how quickly it goes green, doesn't it? Just overnight, green shoots appear. An amazing transformation. Isaiah again, the wilderness and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. And these are images of what Jesus promises, that the streams of living water, the Holy Spirit, will rehydrate us, will bring our parched desert areas back to life. What a gracious God we have, haven't we, offering us that in our dryness. And, and that outflowing of the Holy Spirit is not just for selfish things. It's not just for me. Not just for us. Streams of living water will flow out. And I like the idea of people being leaky, us being leaky people, of the Holy Spirit kind of oozing out where we go. And wherever, whatever you're doing next week, that um, you can bring some greenness, some new life to dry areas that you might be in. So the Festival of Tabernacles, there's an awful lot else we could take from it, but I, I wanted to focus particularly on this teaching of Jesus when he attended the feast to help us to think about where we're spiritually thirsty and then to act on Jesus' promise to take him at his word that whoever believes in him will never be thirsty. So what about us? Are you satisfied or are you thirsty? What are you thirsty for? Perhaps you're thirsty for some things other than God. Perhaps you need to refocus like I had to do. Think about where your thirst ought to be. So we can take a few moments now just to, just to reflect a bit on that. Uh, and then, and then I'll, I'll close in prayer uh, and then Christine will take us on from there. So if you'd like to close your eyes and just think for a few moments. You, you might like to tell Jesus, how thirsty you feel? You might like to tell him the things that you thirst for. Try to be honest with him. Perhaps there's ways in which you've tried to meet 
your thirst that perhaps are, are less than ideal. Tell them what your heart's thirst is. And spend a few moments just quietly reflecting on those things. We thank you, Jesus, for your invitation to all who are thirsty to come to you and drink. We acknowledge that we are dry and thirsty, and we confess that we often seek satisfaction in things other than in you. We thank you for your promise that if we believe in you, streams of living water will flow from within us. Make our wilderness rejoice and blossom. Our burning ground become a pool. Our sun-scorched land be like a well-watered garden. Graciously pour your Holy Spirit into and through us, not just for our own sake, but to bring your life-giving water to those who we meet, to the situations that we will be in in the week to come. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.